Good morning. And the Lord be with you. Give me one. Let me, let me get situated here. I'm sorry. Kind of all over the place a little bit this morning. Kind of run, 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 run. Okay, good. That's there. Good morning. And the Lord be with you. I already said that, didn't I? And I said it at the beginning of the service, too. It was the very first thing I said at the beginning of announcements. Sorry. But this tends to happen a lot in church. Maybe you've noticed this. In church, we repeat ourselves a lot. We use the same words, the same turns of phrases a lot. Have you noticed this? Every single weekend you come, if you come a lot, and you'll notice the announcements are kind of similar every week. Every week we begin the service the same way, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Every single week, the liturgy, you know, the order of service, kind of the same. Every single week we use the same Lord's Prayer. The same Apostles' Creed. Every single week we use the same words of institution. We speak the same words over the communion meal. We use the same words a lot. And the word we use more than any other, by far, Jesus. Jesus. God loved this world so much that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, that all who believe in Him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. We have life in and through the name of Jesus. We cannot say that name enough. We cannot use that word enough. The name of Jesus, the Word made flesh. The greatest compliment I have ever gotten in my life, the greatest professional validation I've ever received, was meant to be, I think, an insult. I did a funeral here, and somebody was leaving, and before they left, they said to me, Man, you sure talked about Jesus an awful lot. Vicar, that's called doing your job. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus. You didn't come here for coffee and donuts. You didn't come here for great announcements. You didn't come to laugh. You came here for Jesus. And we proclaim the name of Jesus. And when we do so, there's another word that comes up an awful lot. And that word is grace. Who's heard that word before grace? My sense is you all have some understanding of this concept. You all understand essentially what grace is and what grace means. Here in the Lutheran Church... We talk about grace an awful lot. Grace was kind of the foundational principle on many levels of the Lutheran Reformation 500 years ago. So the idea of grace, the teaching of grace, is fundamental, is intrinsic to who we are and what we believe as Christians. And we talk about it a lot. Every single weekend, every single service, every single sermon, grace inevitably comes up. We sing songs about it. Because grace is awesome. That song, Amazing Grace, Ken Mine's favorite song of all time. It's true, though. Grace is amazing. Isn't grace amazing? 
If you know what grace is, you know that grace is amazing. Grace is the kind of thing you just want to proclaim to the world. I want everyone to know about the miracle of grace. I need a bumper sticker. I need a mug that says something. I need a cool t-shirt that describes the concept of grace. Huh? Huh? What's up? Grace changes everything. Grace changes everything. If you know anything about grace, you know that grace is free. But the t-shirts cost $29.99 in the back of church following the service. I'm kidding, they're not for sale. There's, there's no t-shirt sale here at the church. Yep, grace is a big deal. We talk about grace a lot. Did you notice, by the way, the second reading for today? Did you hear it from Ephesians chapter 2? What was the theme of that second reading for today from Ephesians chapter 2? You can summarize the theme in one word. What's that word? Grace. That's right. For by grace you have been saved, St. Paul writes. You've heard this before? For by grace you have been saved. He says it twice in the reading. Why do you think he says it twice in the reading? Do you think because he forgot he said it earlier? Every so often, my wife tells me things multiple times. What does it mean when my wife tells me things multiple times? You better remember it, or you're in trouble. That's not what I think is intended. You better remember it, because this is important. For by grace you have been saved. He writes the first time. Then he says it again. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. You've heard this before, right? This is, if you're a Lutheran, who's any Lutherans out there? One or two, good. If, If you're Lutheran, this verse is kind of a big deal. This is the essence in so many ways of our Christian perspective, of how we practice our faith. Grace is everything. God loved this world so much that he sent Jesus. He didn't have to send Jesus. Jesus didn't need us. God doesn't need us. But he loved us, so he gave us a free gift. And that gift was his ultimate treasure, his one and only son. And Jesus came into this world and lived a perfect life. Flawless pristine, without sin. But even though Jesus lived that sort of life, he was executed. He died on a cross. But make no mistake, he chose to die on that cross in order to conquer sin, in order to redeem this world from sin. And then as you say every single weekend, we repeat these words a lot, on the third day, what happened? On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He rose. He was resurrected. And when he was resurrected, he conquered death forever. Jesus did this on his own. He earned it on his own. It was his. But guess what? He gives it to you. He gives it to you. The forgiveness of your sin. Eternal life. Understand this is yours. Not because of what you do. Not because you're a good person. Not because you have an impressive resume. Not because you've tried your very best. Simply because God gave you His very best. He gave you Jesus 
who accomplished your salvation, who did the work of your salvation completely and fully, and gracefully shares it with you. All of your sins are forgiven. Your destiny is secure. You, my friends, are going to heaven. You, my friends, will spend eternity with God beyond what you can imagine. That's grace. Any questions? Outside. No, no, no. You already signed up. But there's more. There's more. There's one more verse in this reading, folks. And the thing is, Lutheran Christians like me, sometimes maybe we tend to de-emphasize the next verse. Phase two of the plan, for lack of a better way to say it. Sometimes this last verse gets overshadowed or overlooked. But there it is. It's undeniable. Listen again. For we, verse 10, are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Did you hear what that said? Did you hear that? What's that last verse about? That last verse is about good works. Now I say that, and a lot of us Lutheran Christians, we start to get a little bit nervous. We start maybe to fidget in our chairs a little bit. Whoa, whoa, Pastor Bounty, Pastor Bounty, good works. Remember, remember that Jesus accomplished the good work of salvation. Be clear, make sure we all understand. He sure did. But we can't leave this part out. We can't overlook this. And brothers and sisters, friends in Christ, maybe, just maybe, we have. We've forgotten about this. We've let this be overshadowed. We've chosen to ignore this. And the thing about the Word of God, you can't leave it out. You can't ignore it. You can't choose to only like the parts that you like. Let me read these words again so they sink in. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. So understand this so far. Created by God, recreated by God in His image. And recreated every single day through the power of His grace, through forgiveness. For what purpose? For good works. Which God Himself has prepared for us to do. Were were you aware of this verse? Did, Did you know about this? It's funny, I did church last night. I basically said the same thing I'm saying right now. And somebody walks out of church and they said to me, I I had no idea that that was the next verse in the Bible. And I said to that person, well, we probably shouldn't have made you a deacon then. (laughs) I'm half kidding. Good works are part of life in the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, friends in Christ, we need to understand this. We need to hear this. Again, everyone knows what this is, right? You've seen these before. You see people doing what I'm doing right now when they should be seeing the world around them, maybe, more. I have mine today here in church. I'm going to read you a text, a real-life text that I received this week. I am weak and beaten down. 
please keep praying for healing for me, and that I never lose faith, because I feel as though I am being destroyed. Please ask God to do something about this. I am lonely and feel as though I have been lost in the shuffle. I couldn't get a neighbor to help me move a tree branch. I can't make sense of why I am here. What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? Oh, Pastor, Pastor Frank, I, I, had, I had no idea. And folks, it's a real text. It's not from the other side of the world. It's from someone in this faith community. Pastor Benning, I this is an outrage. How, how can this be? How can we let this happen? Point me in the right direction. Give me some contact information. When there's issues like this, let me know. I want to help. I want to serve. I want to make it so people don't feel that way as best I can. Let me know. Happy to point you in the right directions. But the thing is, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, you don't need me to be your liaison. We don't need a formal official program. We don't need a sign-up sheet in the back of church. Because you know people just like that in your life. You encounter them every single day. People who feel lost, who feel forgotten, People who feel like a have-not in a world that to them seems entirely populated by haves. You know people who are sick, who are hurting. You know someone who's lost their job. You know someone who's lost a loved one. A family member, a spouse, a parent, a child. You know someone who questions their existence. You know someone who can't remember the last time they got a card from another human being, much less a gift. You know someone who spends every single holiday dining by themselves. What are we going to do about this? Well, what do they need? Well, it's obvious what they need. They need grace. Grace is amazing. Grace is awesome. Grace changes everything. They need to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They need to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that through Jesus, all of their sins are forgiven. They need to know that through Jesus, life with God is life forever. There's nothing in this universe that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. They need Jesus just like we all do. And they need prayer. Pray. Pray for those whose needs you know. Pray for those whose needs are unknown to you. Yep, they need all those things. But you know what else they need? They need you and me to do what God has created us to do. They need you and me to do what God has prepared in advance for us to do. They need you and me to do good works because we can show them that grace is more than just a word we use a lot it's more than just a lyric to a song 
It's more than just something we put on a shirt. Grace is so real that it lives in heaven, comes down to this earth, looks us in the eyes, gets his hands dirty, and loves us. Grace is so real that it comes to us in water. Grace is so real, we get to eat it and drink it again today. And grace transforms our existence. We were dead in sin, but now we are alive in Christ. Reborn, renewed, children of God, inheritors of eternal life. Grace is real. And brothers and sisters, friends in Christ, ambassadors of Jesus, the hands and feet of Jesus in this world, do good works. It's not a mystery. How does this work? Where do I go? Who do I help? Open your eyes. Your neighbors. The people at your school. The people at your place of business. Get out of your seat. Get out of your house. Put these things down for 30 seconds. And be kind. And love. And reach out. And be a friend. And in so doing, let the grace that's in you live. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake, to Jesus' glory. Amen.